Hey, what's up, guys? Hello, and welcome to the Forward Progress Football Podcast, Episode 50. I'm your host, Zach Birdie, and today we're going to be recapping the entire slate of NFL Week 3 games and then previewing tomorrow's night matchup between the Dolphins and the Bengals. So let's get right on into it. All right, so we're just going to dive straight on into these games. And just a heads up, this was a terrible week for my pickups, but whatever, you grow from it. Um, so first off, the Saints at the Panthers, 14-22 to 22 finish. Um, I was wrong. I picked the Saints to cover and win. But, yeah, let's start off with some positives first. If this is how Chenault's going to be, uh, the receiver traded for from the Jaguars to the Panthers, he's got to see the field more. He had 11 snaps this game. He ran six routes. He caught two balls. 90 yards and four missed tackles. He is this like hybrid after the catch machine that this team really needs to spark some offense because right now, like they can use Christian McCaffrey in that way, but I don't think they want to because of all the wear and tear he's been putting on the body. So if they can get LaVisca Chenault a bit more involved, then that'd be definitely raise the floor of this offense and the ceiling. Um, both of these offenses though, do look limited by their quarterbacks. And for the Saints side, at least, it makes me definitely want to see the backup Andy Dalton. Um, Jameis, he's been dealing with some injuries. He's had that funny quote, like, pain, pain everywhere or whatever after week one. Um, I, so I know Jameis is hurt, but I feel like that's even more reason to put Dalton out there. Like, healthy Dalton's got to be better than this, right? And then lastly, J.C. Horn for the Carolina Panthers last year's first-round pick had a great day. Um the pick he had at the end is good and all, but it was like a Hail Mary situation, you know, just like a jump ball. He caught it good, good on him, but that tipped ball on the blitz was huge, led to another interception. He allowed zero yards in coverage all day, and there were two receivers on the Saints who had 100-plus yards. So he was just locking down his guy. They need to find someone else who can lock down the other side. CJ Henderson isn't getting it done, but overall, good day for the Panthers. Nice way to rally and get a win against the divisional opponent. Then we have the Texans at the Bears. Texans losing 20 to 23. Um, incorrect. I had the Texans covering and winning, but I was a push on the cover. So at least it was that. It ties it high. Uh, the Bears keep winning on the back of their ground game. This time it was Khalil Herbert. And honestly, Herbert looks amazing. And I think he should still be the number one when Montgomery gets back. I was kind of like thinking that for a while. And this game kind of just further solidifies that thought. Um, and Fields, he's obviously a good mobile quarterback. I want them to use him more, use him A more in the past game, even though, yeah, he still needs to grow there. But, like, are, are you seriously thinking you're going to compete this year? Like, might as well test out what you got in Fields more. Like, I've been saying that all year. And then, too, use him in the design run game more. He only had, like, two design runs. The rest of his yardage was off of scrambles. Use the weapon you have in Fields. It just feels like this team doesn't like him at all or something. Uh, the Bears' defense is really stepping up, though, especially with their linebackers, Roquan Smith and Nicholas Moreau. They look great together, and the rest of this defense is playing really hard. Um, I do think that they need to find another cornerback right now. Vildor, he doesn't feel like him right now. Um, they could keep Gordon on the outside, though, maybe get a new nickel, because right now I think Kyler Gordon will be good. Second-round pick, he needs to grow, and then Jalen Johnson's second-round pick from a couple years ago is already becoming a stud. Then lastly, for Houston, Jalen Petrie had his breakout, breakout game. Good to see for him. Um, he had two picks and a sack. The Texans this year is kind of similar to the Bears. just all about finding young stars that they can grow around. Texans have a lot of draft capital coming up, so they need to find out what pieces they have and what pieces they don't have so they can invest in the draft in that. Then we have the Chiefs at the Colts. The Colts winning 20-17. to um, Once again, incorrect. I thought the Chiefs would cover and win. This is just a bunch of like upset shocks for me. Um... 
should we start being concerned about this Chiefs offense? Like after a second straight week of just looking and eh, like they came out firing out the gates. I heard, I heard a nugget. I don't entirely know what to call it, but I heard like a nugget where the production in the first couple of weeks after either losing or acquiring a new like number one wide receiver is going to be skewed. It's not going to be the same because teams are really figuring out what they want to be and defenses are figuring out who they are. And after that first week where the Chiefs looked unstoppable, they really haven't looked the same. Um, I'm still not overly concerned about it, but it's definitely something I'm keeping an eye on. Like normally Patrick Mahomes has been able to shred this Gus Bradley cover three um, single high defense. And today, obviously, he wasn't able to. 17 points. A lot of that was on like missed field goals and stuff and a fake field goal because they didn't trust their kicker to kick. Um, but still, like that's not 17 points with Patrick Mahomes at quarterback should almost ever happen. But it is good to see some fight from the Colts. Um, it wasn't perfect, but they got a dub against a key conference opponent, and hopefully they can build about upon it now. They obviously still had a lot of struggles. This was a game that I think they lose nine times out of ten. Just like an injured kicker really was what came down to it. And then a couple of key mistakes by the Chiefs and that Chris Jones unsportsmanlike conduct, whatever, that that was kind of whack. I, I still don't think that this Colts offense had that good of a day, though. Um, Matt Ryan, he's really becoming a turnover machine. That's not good. He had multiple fumbles in this game. But I definitely do think that they're starting to... They might have like a real number one here in Michael Pittman, which is not something that I thought at the beginning of the season. Then we have the Bills at the Dolphins. Dolphins winning 21-19, to another double L. I thought the Bills would cover and win. Um, the Bills showed us their weakness this game. I thought Josh Allen played pretty poorly on that second-to-last drive, throwing three balls that should have been intercepted, and then a duck that didn't even reach Isaiah McKenzie. Also, I don't understand why Why not just do three QB sneaks when they're on second and goal from the one. You have one of the greatest special or um, QB sneak quarterbacks in history. Like... Why not just do three in a row there? I get it. You maybe maybe don't just want to get Josh Allen hit. Um, I don't know. I thought that was weird. And also, I don't think the Bills defense will always give up these big plays. They didn't give up a bunch, but they were just so injured in the second half. Like, I know, or the secondary. Um, I know that Hyde is out for the season, but they're going to get Poirier back. They're going to get Trey White back sometime soon. They will be better in the secondary. They just signed Xavier Rhodes. Um, kind of wondering if they put him at safety. You see a lot of older corners do that. I don't know if they will try that, but we'll see what they do there. Christian Benford, their stud rookie six-round pick, um, he's out right now. So, yeah, lots of holes popping up on that Bills roster. And then I thought Tua played phenomenally this week. Um, I know his box score wasn't nowhere near as impressive as last week, but I thought he was just he was just so accurate hitting, like, open receivers, hitting closed receivers, like, receivers and like double triple coverage he's hitting them right on the money where only they can get it and making like huge plays that i didn't think he was capable of before he's playing like a top quarterback in this league and with this offense that's going to lead to a lot of wins and then this defense too it's just next level right now they're able to beat a quarterback that you aren't supposed to blitz with the blitz because the secondary it's so nice um melvin ingram christian watkins even trey flowers he's popping up um, this pass rush is getting after it and you don't even need to blitz every time when you have that but then throwing in the blitz as a wrinkle is like oh crap like here comes just an entire defense and yeah confusing the hell out of quarterbacks I really doubted Miami coming into this year but they're making me look like a fool right now 
Then we have the Lions at the Vikings. The Vikings winning 28-24. to um, Got the victory right, but I did think the Vikings would cover, which they did not. The Lions are a very talented team, but they're still young and learning. Um, they probably should have gone for it instead of attempting that field goal at the end, and they need to clean up some coverage busts, but they're still definitely a team that's trending up. It's just maybe like maybe maybe a year away. Jeff Akuda, though, he's having a huge year. Um, really nice to see him bounce back after injuries and a poor rookie season where everyone thought that he was like going to be a bust, riding him off, and now here he is locking down a number one receiver third straight week this time going against justin jefferson um yeah he's showing everyone why he was the third overall pick i'm all here for it but and then on the viking side really good comeback win for them um they showed a lot of fight against a good divisional opponent and bounced back after a rough loss last week i think their defense still needs help definitely and this offense has to get jefferson the ball more but overall i do think that they're a player playoff caliber team even if i doubt Kirk Cousins' ability to get them over the hump and win some of these important games. Then we have the Ravens at the Patriots. Ravens winning 37-26. Um, Ravens covered and won, just like I predicted. This was not Max Jones' best game for the Patriots. But I do think it was one of his most promising. Up until now, he's been a limited upside system quarterback, but he was creating out of structure, using his legs, and being more aggressive than he's ever been. Um, he needs to learn to control that regression. Definitely, he threw in three interceptions, had a couple more that were dropped or just like should have been turnover. But I definitely overall liked what he what I saw. It sucks that if he's going to be out for a while. Today, I saw Belichick say he's day-to-day, but I think that was just Belichick coach talk. You know, like he has a high ankle sprain. He's going to be out for a minute. Um, yeah, it sucks to see him go down after a game like this. And if you look at the box score, you're going to be thinking like, Zach, what the hell are you talking about? He had a terrible game, but... When you actually watch it, like I feel like it was very promising to see him actually be aggressive, take these shots. And yeah, a couple of them didn't go his way, but that's going to happen when you're more aggressive. He just needs to fine-tune that and learn that balance. And once he does, like he showed the ability to move outside of structure. He showed the ability to roll out and get yards with his legs, but also keep his eyes downfield and find an open receiver on that scramble drill. He hasn't really shown too much of that before, and I thought his arm looked incredible this game. I, I think this is a really big Mac Jones trending up game, despite the ugly stat line. Um, next, the Ravens definitely need to find a third corner. Humphrey and Peters were as advertised today, um, locking it down, whoever they were covering, whether it be in the slot or outside. They each snagged the pick. However, the third corner that would come in and rotate either the, be the other boundary corner when Humphrey was in the slot or be the slot corner. Um, it was Jalen Armour Davis, um, Brandon Stevens, and Demarion Williams. They they just were getting cooked all day, giving up all the big plays to Mac Jones and Devontae Parker, who Devontae Parker also had like a really nice breakout game. Um, we'll see if he can build upon this with Brian Hoyer or if he's going to kind of fade back into the nothingness. But yeah, good to see that out of him. And then Lamar, he looks like the MVP right now. Through three games, he has 749 passing yards, 10 touchdowns, and only two interceptions without a true number one wide receiver, which is absolutely incredible on its own. Then throwing 243 ground yards and two more touchdowns to go along with one fumble, 12 touchdowns, almost 1,000 yards, and three turnovers in three games. That's, That's just absurd what he's managing right now. He's outscoring the entire league single-handedly um yeah 
He's he's just incredible right now. And through the first three weeks, he's definitely the MVP. Then we have the Bengals at the Jets. Bengals winning 27 to 12. Um, double L by me. I I was selling the Bengals hard. And I was like, okay, until you can prove me wrong, I'm going to sell you. And they proved me wrong today, which I'm glad because you got to love some Joe Burrow magic. First of all, let's talk about this Jets offense. They're definitely heading in the right direction, but aren't quite there. Obviously, they still need a quarterback. Um, we're really hoping that Zach Wilson, he's, I believe I saw he was cleared to play on next week. If not, I'm almost positive he is. Um, they need to get him back, which is going to be huge. It's going to hopefully elevate this offense, but also just see who you have and see if you need to move on from him next year. Um, I don't think they'll need to move on. I'm still believing in Zach Wilson, but we'll see. A lot of people held on to Sam Darnold for too long, too, so hopefully they don't make that mistake. And then this O-line just definitely got whooped, especially by Trey Hendrickson, uh, left tackle George Fan not having a good game. But they have great upside with their skill position players, two good running backs, three good wide receivers. They're on the up. They just need a couple more pieces to fill those holes, you know? And then this was a really nice bounce back game, though, for Joe Burrow and this Bengals offense. Jamar Chase had a quiet game as he was covered by a sauce gardener who looks legit so far. Like he, he's just as advertised coming out of college. It's incredible. And this Jets defense really held the run game in kit. In check until that those final few drives with Samaje P. Ryan. Um, but Higgins and Boyd both had huge games. Higgins with an incredible catch that was negated by a stupid rule, and then another incredible catch where his head got taken off after. Um, and then Burrow, he had his best game this year, getting the ball to his receivers and navigating pressure a lot better, I thought, this game. And Trey Hendrickson on the defensive side, I mentioned him earlier, he had a monster game. Eight pressures, I think like two, three sacks. Um, I think he's deserving to be in that like upper tier of edge rushers now. Like After doing this for, this is the third straight year of him being pretty dominant. I wouldn't quite put him top five yet, but he's definitely a solid like tier two guy, like top ten-ish. Um, I'd have to make a list to see exactly where I'd place him in that. But yeah, like to say he's a tier two rusher, edge rusher in the league right now, I think is perfectly fair. Then we have the Raiders at the Titans. Titans winning 24 to 22. <sighs> I keep picking the Raiders to cover and win because on paper, it looks like they should be winning. But like they have all the advantages, but then... Their car not hitting open receivers. Josh McDaniels just not coaching these guys to win. I don't know what it is, but I don't know. We'll move on talk about that later. First, I want to give the Titans their props. Um, Derrick Henry, he looked like himself again. If this line can create space, he's still got that juice in him. He showed that this week he had the burst and explosiveness. They really need to work on their second half offense as this is the second time where they just completely sputtered in week two and could get nothing done. Um, I guess... Or not in week two and have to. I guess in week two, though, they spurted the entire game. So you could say the third time. Um, still definitely concerned for this Titans def or Titans offense. Um, it really just felt like they gave up after the second half or just couldn't adjust to the way the Raiders adjusted after the first half where the Titans offense was just dominant, like getting whatever they wanted. So got to see why they aren't doing that. And... Hopefully next week they can correct some of that and still have life in the second half. But I don't know. That's that that's becoming a big question mark for this team. And then second, I felt like the Raiders were unable to cover underneath all game. Um, their linebackers really just aren't it. Denzel Pyramid is out right now, so they had Jaron Brown and Divine Diablo. Oh, I really want Divine Diablo to be good. He's a sick name. 
converted safety to linebacker, but he's just not good in coverage yet. Um, still a young guy, has some upside and room to grow, but it just felt like him, the other linebackers, and the flat defenders, whether it be corner safeties, whoever had it, um, they were just like allergic to covering the running backs out of the backfield. Like it was absurd how much space they were giving Derrick Henry and Dontrell Hilliard. Um, they'd give him like 10 yards cushion. It's like, dude, you, you, you can't be doing that. That's defensive coaching right there. And lastly, I don't know if it's Carr, the play calling, both, what's up, but why are they turning so much to Mac Holland, uh, Keenan Cole in key situations? Holland stepped up. He had a great game. And if you told me that Mac Holland was going to be a really good wide receiver, then I'd look at this team and be like, oh, hell yeah, they're going to be 3-0 and like with the rest of their offense. And Mac Holland's also being able to be a great receiver. Like he, he looked phenomenal today. I don't want to take it away from him, but like, they just aren't getting the other guys involved. Obviously, Hunter Renfro's out this game, and but that's still not an excuse to not get the ball to Devontae Adams, who was multiple or open multiple times. And whether like Carr just didn't look at him, I don't know if that's a coaching thing. I don't know if it's Carr. Like, should Carr just automatically look to Devontae Adams first? I don't know. But uh, the Raiders need to finish, figure things out offensively, or. Like they, they're very realistically could start 0-5 facing the Broncos next week and then the Chiefs the week after that. Then we have the Eagles at the Commanders. Eagles winning 24 to 8. Um first double win or second double win so far. I had the Eagles winning and covering. The Eagles defensive line went absolutely ballistic with nine total sacks, 30 pressures. They had eight players with multiple pressures, including five from Brandon Graham, who also got two and a half sacks in 19 pass rushing snaps. And then four pressures from the rookie Jordan Davis, who only rushed the pass for 14 times. Like, they have such a deep defensive line where they can just keep rotating these guys in, whether it be because Graham's getting older or Jordan Davis, he's got to get up there in conditioning and learning the NFL speed. But it doesn't matter. They can rotate guys in and still have success. And this defensive line is just scary good. Um, the Eagles' offense is just unstoppable, too. Well, first half, at least, they start bleeding the clock in the second half, not putting the um, foot on the gas. I'm kind of worried that might come back to bite them one of these games, but so far it hasn't. Um, they have two legit wide receiver ones, though, in A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith. Um, either of them could pop off any given week or any given play. Like Jalen Hurts can just look at one of them, and one of them will be open, which is huge. And Jalen Hurts is just playing at a next level, definitely a top five quarterback so far in this individual season. And then the commanders need to write the shit fast. This offense couldn't do anything. Wentz was under pressure every single play. It was nice to see Terry McLaurin get a bit more involved this game, eclipsing 100 yards. Uh, but then defensively, too, they just can't get any pass rush going. They definitely need to get Chase Young back. And these corners, they didn't play terribly, I thought. They were in position most of the time, but they were just getting beat at the catch point. They needed to get better at like tracking the ball, hitting it away, punching it out of receiver's hands. Um Definitely would help if they had a good pass rusher to help get the ball out faster or if they had a good defensive coordinator. Um, I don't know how Jack Del Rio still has his job. And then the Chargers out the Jaguars. Uh, Chargers losing 38-10. to 10. Uh, Wow, they did not entirely see this one coming. Although I did pick the Jaguars to cover. I had the Chargers winning. Part of me really wanted to pick the Jacks to win. And if I knew all the injuries that would happen to the Chargers, then I probably would have. The Chargers just need to get healthy fast. And they can't be dropping too many more games in this competitive AFC. Um, but today, they either were without or 
um, lost these players within the game. Keenan Allen, Corey Lindsley, um, JC Jackson, and Slater and Bosa. And then Herbert was injured in this game. You could tell that his ribs were ho- really holding his back. Why the hell was he playing at the end of that game? Like, I know he, Staley came out and said it was because Herbert wanted to show his teammates that he was tough and play with his teammates and be a team player. But of course, he's going to want to go out there and compete. It's your job as the coach to save him from himself. And if a single person on that Jaguars locker room is looking at Justin Herbert and being like, oh, yeah, he's not tough, cut him. Like, they don't know what they're talking about. Did you not see him play last week? Do you not see the way this team already rallies behind Justin Herbert? I bet those guys didn't want him on the field because they were like, fuck, dude, he's going to get hurt. Like, we don't want to. He's their season. If he gets hurt, especially with Trey Pipkins and Storm Norton blocking for him on either sides, like, that's just a recipe for disaster and terrible, terrible coaching by Brandon Staley. Um, on the other side of football, though, I think Trevor Lawrence is definitely on his way to establishing himself as a top 10 quarterback this season. Before I continue, just like how absurd is it? I'm seeing this online, like people talking about him, like, oh, is he top 10 already? And people just think that's like a crazy thought, like some people are. How bad was Urban Meyer where we have this quarterback who we praise as being like the greatest quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck or even Peyton Manning? And Urban Meyer was such a bad coach that after one season, we were like, yeah, you know, maybe this guy sucks. And to have people saying that he doesn't suck is like, wait, wait, wait. Is this the same guy? Like, no, Trevor Lawrence still sucks. Like, man, uh, uh, off that tangent, though, he, Trevor Lawrence speaking, has this whole offense clicking and all the weapons that they brought in are killing it here. Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram. Doug Peterson is really excelling here as the offensive-minded head coach. And that's just so good to see for this offense really turning around this franchise, I think. And the Jags' defense, too, is playing incredible, especially this pass rush. Um, Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker. Um, and then also you got to mention the other first-round rookie that they drafted this year, uh, Evan Lloyd. He had an incredible game in coverage, too. Just all the young pieces for the Jaguars are clicking right now. They might be able to make a run. They right now look like the best team in the AFC South. We'll have to see if that continues. Um, I have more faith in the Titans, but yeah, right now the Jags are showing to be the better team. Then we have the Rams at the Cardinals. Um, another cover and win by the Rams, twenty to twelve. The Cardinals, they, I think they realized that they hadn't kicked a field goal all season, so they're like, you know what? Let's do a bunch of that. Let's let's catch up. We need to make. Matt Trader fantasy owners happy this week. Uh, but for real, they, they need to be better in the red zone. Uh, hopefully getting the hop back will help, but Ertz is there too, so I don't really know what's going on. Like, why are they unsuccessful in the red zone? I also feel like Kyler Murray should excel there too with his um, speed, his, elus- his elusiveness. Like, we saw it the week before against the Raiders. Him in these short-yarded situations were just killing the Raiders. Uh, then on the Rams side of the ball, I just want to shout out Skoranek. Um, He's so fun, man. He's a wide receiver, late round draft pick from a few years ago. And they're having him play fullback. And he's actually like dominating. Uh, he put a key block on Zayvon Collins, like a 250, 260 pound linebacker that led to a touchdown. Uh, he also rolls out of there and catches like huge gains. Um, I, I don't know how much longer it's going to work like. Eventually, like, it's not going to, right? Like, no way a wide receiver can play fullback. But 
until teams adjust, let's just appreciate how fun this moment in NFL history is. But I think overall, this Rams offense is in trouble. It just feels so mid, like so eh. Like outside of Cup, who didn't even really do much this game, there isn't much happening. Robinson has been majorly disappointing. Skoranek is fun, but as I said, one, I think the league's going to catch up to him. And two, he is really just playing fullback and then also like the third wide receiver position. So it's not like he's he had 66 yards, you know, like not huge value. And this ground game overall was effective, but they like to lean on their passing game more. Uh, Akers averaged 5.3 yards per carry this game, really good. But he had that key costly fumble, and that might lean make them lean away from handing him the ball a bit more too. Then we have the Falcons at the Seahawks. Falcons winning 27 and 23. Um, I was wrong. I thought the Seahawks would win and cover. I know it's the Seahawks defense and that he really didn't look that good the week before against the Rams or in the second half of all of last year, but is, is Cordell Patterson a legit running back? He had another great game today um, with 141 yards and a touchdown and on the season, he has four catches and 44 yards. I think it's stopped, time to stop calling him this wide receiver running back hybrid and just start calling him a running back. It's so strange to see his career turn around like this. Like he's over 30 and being one of the better running backs in the league. But hey, like football's fun for reasons like this. Like random stuff happened and good for him. Um, also good for the Falcons offense is Pitts and London. They're going to be a great duo. London had another great game today, 50 yards and a touchdown. And contrary to what Arthur Smith thought before, you can target Pitts and win games. In fact, targeting Pitts helps you win games. Like they got the first one of their season and they were actually using Kyle Pitts and it worked. He had five catches, 87 yards, looked great out there and they need to continue to feed their top targets. And on the Seahawks side of the ball, Geno Smith was more aggressive today than normal, and it didn't look good with him having multiple interceptions dropped despite only f finishing with one official interception. However, kind of similarly to Mac Jones, how I was speaking before, I would definitely rather have an aggressive quarterback than an extra conservative one. Um, you definitely need to find the right balance because I feel like it's easier to tune down the aggressiveness than to turn up, than to turn up the aggressiveness. But the Seahawks definitely need to find that middle ground offensively. And then moving on, the Packers at the Buccaneers. Packers winning 14-12, to winning and covering the spread like I predicted. Uh, first three drives until the Jones fumble is exactly what I envisioned this offense as preseason. An effective ground game supplemented by Aaron Rodgers getting the most out of his wide receivers or pass-catching running backs when they need to blow the ball. And now they just really need to show that they can do this over the course of a whole game and then the whole season rather than just the initial scripted plays. They were just com they were completely shut out after that, after the first two drives, zero points. So that's definitely concerning. But if they can find a way to work the script into the game plan, then this offense should be fine, I think. And the Buccaneers are also one of the best defenses in the league, so there's that too. Um, the Packers getting their offensive line back together is a huge help, though. I think that's why this offense was able to click early on. With Jenkins returning last week and then Bakhtiari being in and out of the lineup today, um, hopefully next week he'll be fully healthy and be able to play the full game. I don't know if this will be the top or be a top offense this year, but combined with a defense that should be top five, if this offense could be like top half, I think they should win a good amount of games and be a top like three seed in the NFC. 
And then the Bucks offense definitely desperately needs to get healthy. Brady can't be throwing it underneath all day and still win. Um, he needs his downfield threats. He needs his, I mean, he needs threats in general. He needs to get Mike Evans back. Um, he will be back. He just had a one-game suspension. Chris Godwin needs to get healthy. It's looking like he's trending towards playing, but crossing fingers. And then Julio Jones, same thing. Like, what happened? He was so good week one. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, yeah, he got injured, I guess. And um, he's just dead again. So hopefully they can return soon because they <laughs> they got all this wide receiver depth. And it's being tested right away and not looking the hottest. Then we have the Niners at the Broncos. 10-11 um, to 11 win by the Broncos. I was wrong. I thought the Niners would cover and win. These are two terrible offenses. Wilson, for whatever reason, is just unable to lead this team. Um, you see a potential connection with him and Sutton that looked really good. Hopefully he can continue the growth with Jerry Judy on the opposite side and it's just taking a couple weeks for this whole thing to get clicking. But right now it just does not look pretty. And Jimmy G, <laughs> there's a reason why they traded three first round picks for Trey Lance, even though there's all these question marks around him. I saw it really good. I'm sorry, I can't remember who said it on Twitter, but I saw a tweet where someone said Trey Lance, like, or Jimmy G is very similar to Trey Lance in this sense that you're still going to get the rookie mistakes. Except for with Trey Lance, at least there's upside. Like, Jimmy G, he's going to make these, like, what the hell are you doing mistakes? And then his upside is, like, the 16th best quarterback. Like, Trey Lance, he could be... Like MVP caliber, he has all his upside. So yeah, he's going to make some mistakes, but at least he has this upside. And he also brings the added dimension of his legs and a stronger arm that can hit the downfield throws. And yeah, he's going to make these mistakes and like have like rookie growing pains. Like I know he's second year, but still like this, this team's going to suffer without Trey Lance. Um, but at least Dan Olofsky's happy. Moving on, though, the I don't, I don't want to talk about the offensives of these teams anymore. Um, these pass rushers are, like, these pass rushers for both sides of the ball really got after it. Um, six pressures for Nick Bosa, five for Samson Ebucom, four for Charles Omenihieu, 24 total pressures for the, uh, the Niners, and four sacks. Versus six pressures for Gregory, three for Chubb, um, 16 total pressures, and three sacks for the Broncos. Um, yeah, definitely good game overall on both sides of the ball. Um, hopefully these offensive lines for each of these teams can step it up a bit more in the coming weeks. I know Trent Williams is going to be out for a minute. That's going to really hurt the Niners, I believe. Um, they already don't have the best pass-protecting offensive line, and it's going to get even worse. So I just, this Niners team is, might look pretty ugly, but yeah. Both of these teams, honestly, really scare me. Um, neither have an offense that can keep up with the real contenders, I believe. Um, have either of these teams... Okay, so I guess last week the Niners scored 27. And, yeah, that's the highest total for either of these teams. The only time they've scored a significant number is the only time they scored more than 16. The Broncos so far, 16, 16, 11. The Niners, 10, 27, 10. These offenses are just not good. These defenses are. These defenses will keep them in a lot of games. Well, we still need to see if the Broncos' defense is actually good or if it's a byproduct of playing the Seahawks, the Texans, and the Niners. But the Niners' defense is definitely good. Um, 
they'll keep them in contention and maybe even allow them to sneak in and be like the seventh seed in the conference. But I, I don't think that they're going to be able to go anywhere unless they right the ship fast on offense on both of these teams. And then the final game of the week, we have the Cowboys at the Giants. Um, Cowboys winning 23-16. to That incorrect on both parts of my end. Thought Giants would cover and win. Um, Evan Neal and this offensive line were just terrible. Um, it felt like Jones was under pressure after every single dropback. It, it was just an ugly game overall for them. The uh, Dallas pass rush, they had seven pressures from Demarcus Lawrence, um, six from Micah Parsons, 35 total pressures, five total sacks. Like We aren't going to be able to, or the Giants aren't going to be able to win games with an offensive line playing like that. And that's really tough for Daniel Jones. I felt like he played well despite the circumstances. I still think the Giants need to reset at quarterback um, just because like it's getting too far into the regime. Like You want to get that young rookie quarterback build around him sort of deal. Um, and I, I think it, he, he frankly just needs a change of scenery. I feel like that could help Jones a lot. You also won't be under the pressure of New York media. He has a lot of talent. I just don't think the Giants are going to be able to get it out of him with the receivers not being good here. Like Sterling Shepard... <sighs> He looked, he looked good this year again, and it was just so sad to see him go down on just like while jogging and his ACL just pops. Like, that's terrible. But moving on, Kenny Galladay, not good. Um, to, Tony, the Kadarius Tony, first-round pick from last year, like a non-factor. Wondell Robertson not doing anything. You got Davis Sills going out there and slipping, giving up the game-winning or game-losing interception. Just overall... Daniel Jones needs more help. He's not going to get into New York. They're going to move on from him. And I think he can be a top half quarterback on another team. Just, yeah, he, he needs the opportunity. And then the Cowboys, they're staying alive without Dak Prescott. Good for them. Um, and the whole team looks looks better. They look like the better team versus the Giants, um, even at quarterback. Because as I said, Daniel Jones didn't have the best game. Um, but Cooper Rush really just played phenomenally using his weapons and letting them win. Um, obviously, when Dak comes back, Dak's going to be the quarterback, no doubt about that. But it was nice to see that this team is going to be able to stay afloat. I think Dak will come back this week. That's what it's looking like. They're also going to get Michael Gallup, and that's going to be huge for this team and this offense. Um, they're still going to be able to compete with the Eagles for the division and push for a wild card berth, if not. Overall, this week, I was 6-10 and 10, and then 5-10-1 and 1 against the spread. Not the prettiest, as I said, but hey, like, got to bounce back again next week, no doubt about that. 22-25 and 25 overall, or 22-25-1 overall, 19-28-1 uh, and 1 against the spread. So moving on to the Thursday night matchup between the Dolphins and the Bengals. The Bengals are four-point favorites right now. Um, the Bengals, they were able to bounce back last week, but that was going against the Jets defense. Now they'll have to face the Dolphins, who held the Bills to 19 points and have one of the best pass rushes in the league right now, something Joe Burrow and the Bengals have really struggled against so far. Tua has also been on a tear this season. Um, I don't have a bunch of faith in Shinobi Awuzie and Eli Apple and covering Jalen Hill and Tyree Kill, especially with all the smack that Eli Apple was talking. I feel like Tyree Kill is just going to pop off maybe Awuzie will be able to contain Waddle we'll see Awuzie has had a pretty good season but Eli Apple and Tyreek Hill is going to be something to watch both these teams are coming in with reworked offensive lines um so far it's looking like that the Dolphins did it better uh will either of these line plays though be able to hold up 
both of these um, defensives have pretty good pass rushers. Um, Trey Hendrickson for the Bengals and then Melvin Ingram and company. Like they have a whole slew of pass rushers and blitzes that they bring with the Dolphins. Um, will either of these offensive lines be able to hold up? That's going to be a huge, I feel like, turning point in this game. I have more faith in the Dolphins right now. Um, I did not think I'd be thinking this, but I think the Dolphins will be able to cover, definitely cover that four-point spread and probably win. Yeah, so that's going to do it for today's episode. Um, if you're on YouTube, leave a comment below. Tell me what you guys thought about this week's games. What do you think about this Thursday night game? Do you think I'm right? Are the Dolphins going to cover and win? Um, leave a like and subscribe. Also, if you're on YouTube or if you're on Apple, Spotify, or wherever else you might be listening to this, leave a five-star review, and I'll see you all next time.